Two years ago this month, uh, Ann in Bettaville, Louisiana, there was a couple. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. That's Harold and Tina Ehrenberg. Um, they were cleaning house because they're uh, got a bunch of family that were coming in for Thanksgiving, and they said, well, we got family coming. We can't leave the house as it's been, so we better get things all tidied up. And so they began to, you know, kind of go about that, getting things vacuumed, getting things put away, you know, kind of things that have been laying around, kind of, you know, picking them up. And uh, one of the things as they were cleaning in their bedroom, that one of the things they were cleaning off, they found uh, some lotto tickets on the nightstand. Uh, next picture up here. And um, they, they realized after they looked at them that they had been there for a while. In fact, uh, the one lotto ticket had been bought like the end of June and now November. And uh, they thought, you know, we never even checked these to see if they were winners. Now, I, you know, again, I don't play the lottery. Um, I've got a lot of other ways I can, I can throw my money away. I don't, I don't usually do that. Um, and I, I don't really understand playing the lottery, but I really don't understand why would you buy lottery tickets if you're not going to look at them? You know, that, that is just give me your money. We'll make it a lot easier. You know, do that. But they did. And then when they, when they went online and compared their numbers, guess what? It was a winner. Throw that next picture up. $1.8 million dollars that they had actually won, didn't know they had won, been sitting on their nightstand all of this time. And, and here was the crazy thing. That lottery ticket was two, about 10 days, actually, 10 days from expiring. Had they not had company coming, guess what? They would have lost out on what became their retirement money that they put away. I thought of that the story this week. When I was working this message, we're kicking off a brand new series today called Maximum Impact. And I thought about that because I thought, I wonder, I wonder how many of us in our journey of faith, in our connection with God, have this incredible stuff all around us that we're not even aware of. You see, I believe with all of my heart that God wants to do something in us, Amen. And I believe for every one of us, God wants to do something through us. But I wonder how many of us actually live our lives out in such a way that we're oblivious of some of the stuff that God wants to do that is laying right there beside us. Well, that's what we're going to talk about for these next few weeks. Uh, we're going to be looking at how we can open our lives and allow God to have a maximum impact in us and make a maximum impact through us. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm going to take your sermon outlines out. You can track along with me as I read the scripture. You can doodle to keep yourself awake. You can do anything but write notes to your neighbor. I will call you out for that, okay? Here we go. We're going to look at the scripture. This story is called the story of the parable of the sower. It's found in three out of the four gospels. Today, we're going to look at the story from Matthew chapter 13. Here's what he says. Jesus said, listen, a farmer went out to, sow, to, to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the, seed, the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. Since they didn't have deep roots, what did they do? They died. 
Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Read the last sentence out loud with me. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. What's the difference between those who had minimal amounts of things happen and those who were returning 30, 60, and 100 fold? That's what we're going to talk about in this series. Um, today, I want to look at this very first sentence that I think when we read this parable, is probably one of these pieces that could easily just slip right past us and we miss the importance of it. It's Matthew 13, 3. He says, listen, read it out loud with me. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. Now, later in the parable, later on, Jesus kind of explains what, what each of these mean. In Luke, he actually explains what the seeds are. Uh, read it out loud with me. It says, the seed is what? It's the Word of God. Now, here's the big idea behind that. What Jesus is saying, he says, God is scattering seed. God is constantly scattering seed. In fact, there are two, two truths that I really want you to grasp as we talk through this series. Here's the first one. God is up to something. Amen? He's up to something. And from the very beginning of time, it says when, you know, when, when God was beginning to create, it said that the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the deep, and then God began to speak into that darkness, and He began to create. And from that moment till now, what we know is that God is always up to something. He is always moving. He is always out there. He is always stirring things up. And the second piece of that, not only is God always up to something, look at me, we are the something that He's up to. It is us that he is trying to connect with. It is us that he's trying to work in. It is us that he is trying to work through. God is up to something, and we are that something that he's up to. Now, here's my question to us. Are we really catching the seed that God is scattering? Now, what kind of seed is God scattering? Well, let me give you, let me give you a few. These are just a few. There are lots of them. Let me give you just a, a couple of them, though. You ready? God is scattering seeds of his love. God is scattering his seeds of his love. Look at me. God loves you more than you could possibly imagine. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how you have lived your life. Here's what I can tell you without blinking my eyes. God loves you with all of his heart. For God so loved you, he sent his one and only son, that if you would just believe in him, you wouldn't have to perish, but you could have everlasting life. Because God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but through his son that the world might be saved. And it wasn't when you and I had our lives and acts all together that God loved us. The Bible says it was while we were yet sinners that Christ died for us. Does this make sense to you? Now, what I can tell you is God is constantly trying to scatter that seed of his love in front of us. He is constantly trying to get our attention to remind us of how much he loves us and what he wants to do in our lives. And here's what I want you to know this morning. I don't care where 
you've been. I don't care what you've done. This morning, if you will open your heart to receive the seeds of God's love, he will create a new person out of you. If any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creation. The old is gone and behold, all things become new. Amen. God is scattering the seeds of his love. And I promise you, there are some of us, he has been trying to get our attention for a long time to say one thing. I love you with all my heart. God is trying to scatter seeds of his love. He's trying to scatter seeds of hope. He's trying to scatter seeds of hope. You know, one one of the things through all of this pandemic and presidential election and all of this stuff. Have you noticed how dark the world has become? I mean, you watch the news or you turn on social media and everything is so bleak and everything is so hopeless and everything is so dark. And yet it is to a people walking in darkness that God has brought this great light. There are some of you, I promise you, this last week, man, you you were in despair. There are some of you that this last week, you just wanted to throw in the towel. You just wanted to give up. You just wanted to say, what's the use? And I promise you this, God is trying to scatter seeds of hope because he wants you to know that regardless of what goes on around you, whatever happens in this world, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't change the fact he still sits on his throne. Doesn't matter. People say, you know, Pastor Steve, what in the world is this world? What what in the world is this world coming to? I can tell you, I've read the end of the book. It's going to burn. Here's the good news: we don't belong here. We don't belong here. Yes, I am born. I was born in America, but you know what? I'm a citizen of heaven, and that's where my destiny is. And I hope that just makes you fill up with hope because wherever you are, whatever you're going through, you serve a God who will never leave you or forsake you. And God has been trying to scatter those seeds. Are you receiving them? God is trying to scatter seeds of warning. God is trying to scatter seeds of warning. How many of you, it's kind of you know, kind of ad-lib this for a second, but how many of you have ever been in a situation where maybe you're about to do something, you're about to make a decision, maybe you're about to trust someone, uh, maybe you're about to, you know, to move on something and, and, and you just feel uncomfortable with it and you get this nudge from God, don't do that. How many of you have ever experienced this? Okay, I'm not crazy. Well, that's not the final verdict. I know, I know, I know. That's not the final litmus test, my wife will tell you. But I I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about how many times, you know, that that God does try to, he tries to warn us. He tries to to help us get that. And so often, we're we're not receiving that. But he's scattering that. One of the reasons we need to keep our lives so open to God is because God loves us so much. He doesn't want us to go down that road wrong path. He doesn't want us in those wrong places. And, uh, you know, again, it's so interesting to me how many times we will get mad at God because of decisions that we've made or things that we've done. And we're mad at God. But the fact of the matter is we really didn't even consult him. He's trying to sow seeds of warning. God is trying to scatter seeds of opportunity. 
God is trying to scatter seeds of opportunity. Waz and I were talking the other night about just some people in our lives that we've had a chance to uh, invest in. And, and we look back, and, and it's so interesting how um, God gave us a nudge or God opened a conversation or, or God helped us connect with someone. And we, we, we didn't know it was going to be a big deal. But people who will contact us and say, you have no idea that how much I needed to hear exactly what you had to say, or when you pulled me aside and spoke those words to me, God got a hold of my heart. And, and, and all of a sudden, you begin to realize that God is scattering these seeds of opportunity, things that he really does want to open up to us, and, and we need to be able to receive them. Can I give you one more? God is scattering seeds of revelation. Seeds of revelation. And what I mean by that is that God is constantly trying to reveal to us who he is. He's constantly trying to reveal to us, this is what my character is like. This is what my nature is like. This is what I am really like. There are so many false images of God that are out there. And there are so many false views of who God is and what God does. And I really think that God is constantly trying to scatter those seeds to show you, no, 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 this is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is what I'm up to. God is scattering all of those seeds and a bunch more. Here's my question to you. Are you catching them? Are you catching them? Now, I want to give you just a couple of thoughts these are ridiculously simple, but they are incredibly profound if you apply them to your life. Are you ready? Here we go. To see God, you have to be looking. To see God, you have to be looking. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're going, wow, Pastor Steve, that's kind of like obvious, is it? My wife Wanda makes fun of me because I'm one of those guys who doesn't notice details a lot. Anybody else like that? I just, I don't tend to see things. And yesterday she had moved something right in our garage, right by the door where we go in every day. She had moved something big that had been right there. And later that day she goes, did you notice I had moved that? I went, no. She said, you walked right by you know, you went right by it. I said, but it wasn't there. How would I notice it being gone if it wasn't there? I know that doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah. But that, that, I do that. And, and one of the things, and say, well, Steve, why, why didn't you notice it? Because I wasn't looking. I wasn't thinking about what's in the garage. I wasn't thinking about what's against the wall. I'm thinking about what to eat in the refrigerator. That's, what, that's where I'm going to. That's where my, I'm not looking for that. Does that make sense to you? Let me show you this. This is this is give you a good example. I don't know how many of you know Pastor Will, um, our student ministries pastor, uh, not only a great student ministries pastor and great preacher, but he's also become quite the amateur photographer. And as some of you, he made a calendar this year of birds in, from Oklahoma. And, and he um, has, takes pictures all the time. He goes to the zoo all the time and does all this. But 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 what's really interesting is, is, is how, the, not just the great job he does, but that fact that he notices. In fact, I want to show you some of, I just pulled these off Facebook. Throw that picture up on the screen. These are just pictures that Will has taken. That's a little baby kite. That's a scissor tail. I don't know birds, by the way. I'm just, yes. That looks like a big scissor tail to me. That's also a, some kind of kite. I used to have a kite just like that. I used to, yeah. 
Um, it, what's that? Anybody? The hawk? I know Will really loves hawks. And is that, throw that next picture up. Is that a woodpecker? Yeah, that's just a beautiful, isn't that a beautiful bird? Throw that next one up. Is that a hawk also? That thing looks vicious. Yeah, next picture. I don't know. Hey, what is that? It's a what? How, do, how does a bird that big get to the top of a tree? That's humongous. Yeah, yeah. Throw the next one up. Look at this hummingbird. Isn't that cool? In a flight, throw that next picture of the hummingbird up. And they're just beautiful. Just beautiful. Keep going. The owl, I, I love this. Will was talking about this owl that was on this line every day, and he finally got a, got a nice shot of it. I, I love that. It looks straight out of Winnie the Pooh. I just love that. It, what, what bird is that? Dove? Okay. It's just beautiful. Love those colors. Next one. Another beautiful bird. Got another hawk? Yeah. And another hawk up on, on a telephone pole? Yeah. I don't know, but it's getting lunch right there. It's about to... It's about to stop at Long John Silver's here. So, yeah. Is that an eagle? Yeah. I thought it looked like. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Big bird. I don't know. It's big bird. <laughs> That's a, another big bird from the front. You know. That it? Okay. Yeah. Now, here, here's why I, I showed you all these pictures. You walk right by these birds every day. We'll seize them. Don't miss this. We'll seize them. We were going to lunch together as a staff on Tuesday, and we're driving down 19th Street over by, what is that, Briarwood, and we're heading down that street, and Will goes, Will's driving. And he goes, there's a hawk up here on that line. And I'm looking up, and, oh, yeah. And I'm like, how in the world... Can he have his eyes on the road and see a hawk, you know, 40 feet? But, but you got to get this. Will is looking for birds. And because he's looking for birds, he sees birds. Does this make sense to you? Same with God. Pastor Steve, why don't I see God? Because you're not looking for him. What we have to do if we're really going to gain all that God has for us, we're going to have to say, you know what? I need to start looking for God because he is everywhere. Stay with me. When you open the Bible, are you opening it simply to do your duty and get through whatever prescribed reading you have for that day? Or are you looking for God? When you came to church this morning, it's just us. But when you were on your way to church this morning, were, were you just going because it's Sunday and that's what you do? When you came in, were you noticing what kind of condition the building was in? Were you noticing how the staff or, or, or the people on stage were dressed? Were you noticing, the, were you looking, or were you looking for God? Jesus said, where two or three gather in my name, I am there in my midst. Just a question, but have you seen him this morning? He's here. Have you seen him in the circumstances of life? You know, we've been through this pandemic since March, and it has been a crazy upside-down time. 
And it's so easy in the midst of all of this craziness and chaos to, to get our eyes fixed on the problems and, and the things that we are our losses and the things that have been taken away from us and all of the things that we have to do. It's so easy to get our eyes fixed on. But tell me this. Look at me. But have you seen God these last few months? Have you seen him? He's been there. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Have you seen his hand at work? Yeah, a couple years ago, a little over two years ago, our, our son uh, Ben and his family who lived eight doors down from us, um, Ben finished school and was looking for a job, and Wanda and I were praying diligently that he could find a job here in Oklahoma. He is a, a dosimetrist. Uh, he's one of those guys that he actually designs the radiation programs. He works with the doctor, and they decide how the radiation should penetrate a body for a particular kind of, of cancer. And then they, he sets up the program, and that's what the radiation therapists run when they, when they, when they do deliver that radiation to a patient. That's what Ben does. And, and he, he looked, and, but there were, there were no jobs here. And he, when he found a job, it was in Baltimore. He took a job with the University of Maryland, and Wanda and I are like, holy cow, you know, we, our, our, our fear is that Ben and his family would be so far from us that we wouldn't be able to be a part of their lives and a part of our grandkids' lives and be able to share with them what God is doing in us. And, and, and he was there, and we kept praying, God, bring them back, bring them back. And it didn't happen, and a year went by. And a year and a few months, and then Ben calls us and says he's got a, a hospital in Annapolis, even further, a little bit, that is offering him a job, making even more money. He was already making more money. He never believed he would make, and he offered him a job, making even more money now in Annapolis. And, and Wanda and I are looking at each other going, holy cow, God, what are you doing? You know, we want to bring our son back, and, and, and yet here he is. He's not again went from one job now to another job. He's never going to leave this job that's paying him that much money. It's, just, it's never going to happen. He took that job in February. And in March, what happened? The pandemic hit. And in March, Ben's Hospital decided to let all of their dosimetrists work remotely from home. In June, Ben's boss met with them and said, man, this working remote thing has gone so well that we're considering making it permanent. And Ben, if we, if we do this permanently, you can live anywhere you want to because all you need is an internet and a computer. And so last week, because Ben now can work for a, hop, a hospital in Annapolis, we moved him back to Oklahoma City. Anybody see the hand of God in this? Now, hear my heart. I'm not saying God caused a pandemic so my grandkids would be close again. What I am saying, look at me. Don't miss this. If you look, you will see God working even in the pandemic. Amen? If you're going to really to see God, you have to be looking. Look at the passage of Scripture on your outline. First Chronicles 16, read it with me. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. This is what the Lord says in Jeremiah 6.16. Stop at the crossroads and do what? 
Look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your soul. Look at me, church. Just hear my heart. If you want to see God, you got to look for him. You got to look for him. Secondly, and this is just as simple, just as profound. To hear God, what do you have to do, church? You have to be listening. You have to be listening. If you really want to hear God, you've got to be listening. I, I love the passage from 1 Samuel 3.1. Read it out loud. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. Now, tell me this. Was the word of the Lord rare because God just suddenly decided to stop speaking? Or, or was the word of the Lord rare because people had stopped listening? You see, I believe with all of my heart that God is trying to speak to each of us every single day of our lives. He's trying to speak things into us. He's trying to whisper those, those, those things to us that we need to hear. Are you hearing those? How many of you have ever had people in your life that when you're talking to them, you can see in their eyes they're not really listening to you? Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved, love, love, love the story. Franklin Roosevelt, president from years ago. Franklin Roosevelt really despised all of the pomp and circumstance that came with the presidential office. He particularly didn't like the fancy parties and having to stand in receiving lines where everybody came by and tried to schmooze on him. You know, he just, he just didn't really like that at all. <laughs> one, one time he had, in this receiving line, he decided to just kind of be goofy about it because he knew people weren't hearing what he was saying even if he said anything to him so people were coming by and they would say something and, and, Pre and president roosevelt he's he shaking the hand he started mumbling under his breath i murdered my grandmother this morning <laughs> i murdered my grandmother this morning I murdered my grandmother this morning. And he, would, and he was mumbling, and people were, you know, they're not expecting it, and so they're not really listening. And he said people were saying stuff like, oh, congratulations, or, you know, well done, Mr. President, you know, or I hope that, what, what wonderful, Mr. President. I mean, he said people were giving him the most ridiculous responses, and it was and he was having a blast with it. Finally, the ambassador from Bolivia is walking by, and he goes, I murdered my grandmother this morning, you know. And he said the Bolivian ambassador stopped and leaned in and whispered in his ear, well, I'm sure she deserved it. You know, <laughs> you know finally, somebody listened. You know, finally, somebody listened. Well, God is always speaking. Are you hearing him? You know, so cool. Just, you'll get this. Why am I playing that? That's the Earhart. That's the iHeart Radio app that I have on my phone. I'll often put my ear, earplugs in or earphones in and put, listen to that at, at when I'm working out and stuff. But here's what I want you to hear. 
that, that music, those words, they're in the air all around you. You just have to tune in to hear them. And you know what? That's what's going on for us. The Spirit of the Lord is speaking all around us. All we have to do is turn in. Tune in to really listen. You know, I was thinking about Deuteronomy 4.30, and I, I thought this is such a, a sad statement, but it's really true about when we really do listen to the Lord. Moses told his people, he said, you know, when those bitter days have come upon you in the latter times, you will finally return to the Lord your God, and you'll do what? You'll listen to what he tells you. Why is it that it takes crisis for us to actually listen to God? I'm going to give you one more. You ready? To receive anything from God, you have to want him. To receive anything from God, you have to want him. I'm writing in my daily devotionals right now, as I know some of you read, that I'm, I'm writing about uh, Jesus at the, on the cross and writing about that time and Luke chapter 22, Jesus was being tried, and his, these, they were saying all of these things about him. And there's one place in there that I just, when I, when I read it again just a, a week or so ago, it just blew me away. When they, these religious leaders were looking at Jesus, and they were saying, you know, if you're the Messiah, if you're really that Messiah, tell us, tell us who you really are. And look at what Jesus said. And Jesus replied, read it out loud with me, church. If I tell you, you won't believe me. What's Jesus saying? It's not about truth. It's not about me saying what, what, what truth is. It's not about me telling you who I am. It's about the fact that you don't want to hear who I am. Isn't it a fact? God is, God is speaking. God is revealing himself. God is wanting to work in our lives. But so often, we're not connecting with him, not because he's not doing his part, because quite frankly, we don't want to hear what he has to say. And anybody who's raised kids knows <laughs> really hard to speak into your child's life when they don't want to hear what you have to say. Amen? I love what the psalmist says about cultivating a heart for God. Psalm 42, read it with me, church. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. Do you really want to receive from God? Jesus said, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. When you and I come to God with a thirsty heart, and we open our eyes, and we open our ears, and we open our heart and say, Lord, speak, your servant hears. God can scatter those seeds in our life. Amen. Rachel, come on back up. I've asked Rachel to lead us in a, an old Tommy Walker song. It's, it's a beautiful prayer, but it, it really is the prayer of Samuel from Samuel 3. When, when Samuel said, speak, Lord, your servant hears. And I want you to make this your prayer today. Look at me, gang. Make eye contact. 
God is up to something. He is wanting to scatter seeds in your life, in your heart. He's wanting to do things in you and through you. Even today, already, God's been scattering those seeds. Are you receiving them? Make this your moment where you just open yourself before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. I need to hear from you. I need to see you. Reveal yourself to me. Speak, Lord. Father, how we thank you today for the way that you go out of your way to scatter your seed in our lives. I was thinking about when you walked on this earth and and how you poured yourself into your disciples and, and how you did such incredible work in people's lives. But what's amazing, Lord, is when it was all said and done and you were finished with your time here on earth, there There were only 120 people in the upper room. You had spoken to thousands. You had revealed yourself to so many. It wasn't because you weren't scattering your seed and doing your part of revealing who you were. It was that many people weren't really open. They saw you, but they really didn't see you. They heard you but they weren't really listening. Many of them didn't really want what you came to do. Lord, let that not be us. Lord, I thank you for the way you've given us your word. I thank you for the way that your spirit moves in us and around us every day. I I thank you for the way that your hand is constantly in motion, working in the circumstances of our life. Lord, our prayer today is this. Give us eyes that see. Give us ears that hear. And give us hearts that are responsive to your call, to your way. Help us want you, Lord, with all of our hearts. As the deer pants for water, help us to thirst after you. It's in your precious name we pray today. And everyone said, amen.